0: cool here we are again cox plate weekend uh caulfield cup last week um look i came into caulfield cup weekend with high hopes and uh, once again i was left a little bit shattered to be honest
1: it what was, was the big thing that shattered you
0: it, well look it was so obvious it, I, th- I just feel like it was it was the it was the obvious one and sometimes i'll go with the obvious one and like the I felt like the top three was pretty obvious to be honest. And then sometimes I just play this game where I'm like, Oh no, it's not gonna be the obvious. You gotta try and pick from the rest of the pack and I don't uh, I reckon mm. it's just obvious. What do you reckon?
1: Um, reflections. Yeah. Well we did remember I did suggest if you like if you like without a fight in the Caulfield Cup, get on him before yeah. he's, he resumes in the Underwood. So yeah. I had a few people that actually listened send me their tickets of getting on without a fight at nine bucks. Mm-hmm. So obviously some people listen to the advice, but unfortunately I didn't listen to my own advice and okay. I waited until the day being the dickhead that I am. And mm-hmm. I was left on my face with a third placing and a poor ride from Jamie Carr.
0: Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I don't know. See, I was all about without a fight until the week came around. Yeah. then I was but I think just... as
1: well, like, there was talk of him not um, eating up well. There was talk of him being lame. Like, there was a few things against him. So I could see why people and a lot of the pros and those people that do read, I can see why they were probably um, against him in that race.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought he – yeah, like we spoke about the ro- the ride probably cost him the race to start before and it was still a huge run. I just think, feel like the form was there in front of our eyes. Like same with that West Wind blows. I think, mm. I think that was there too in his previous run. And he mm. just did exactly – he just produced exactly the same sort of thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's that Queensland sun, mate. How yeah. often do we see horses come up here in Queensland and then have that residual fitness going into the spring? So – We've seen it with, 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 without a fight, who else think about it? They yeah. went on the Everest after winning our Stradbroke. Yep,
0: that's
1: it. Um, yeah, so Zaki's done it as well. So it's certainly a good stepping stone. I think more and more trainers are going to start, or I hope they do start bringing their horses up for there, just to try and get them that residual fit, or that, that I guess, that how do I put it, like that head start in fitness to the others coming into the spring.
0: Yeah, hopefully it works for people too. Yeah, in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I thought um, I thought West Wind blows if he had maybe like a Nash Riviera on him, probably wins. To be honest, Jamie Spencer's riding style is like
1: horrible. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Well, he done. Um, I thought West Wind blows should have won, but he bombed the start, and yeah. that's what caused him to obviously be shuffled back. It was a huge run from him. I still don't rate Jamie Spencer as a jockey, but I think the horses to take out of that race, obviously the top three, the top three were enormous. I thought they were great. I think West Wind Blows now is not going to head towards the Melbourne Cup. I think he'll head towards that champion stakes on the Saturday or the, the old McKinnon day, as they called it, stakes day. Yeah. And I think he's an absolute living and breathing um, in that race. I think he's about 450 all in at the moment but I just can't see anything beating him.
0: What makes you think they won't go to the Melbourne Cup with him now?
1: They can't because when you have a Melbourne Cup runner as a European horse coming out here, including the Melbourne Cup, you can only have two runs. So he's had the Turnbull run and the Caulfield Cup, but he can race in the McKinnon Stakes. He can't race Uh, in the Melbourne Cup. That's rough. So that's like that new, right, that vet's advice thing, you know, how like the, to prevent horses breaking down because the Melbourne Cup is so brutal. Yeah,
0: of course. Yeah, gotcha.
1: So, and I honestly think his pet trip is more 2,000, 2,200 metres anyway. So yeah. I think he's going to be better suited to that. He's going to have huge residual fitness. And we just, a like Gold Trip, it was awesome. Without a fight, obviously, was fantastic. Mm. I thought sulkin well, sulkin missed the start by about five lengths. So I thought he was enormous as well.
0: Yeah, yep. He's going to have some. Um, he's going have some followers going into the Cup, I think.
1: Definitely. So I think when you look at the horses to follow out of this race, I think you take the obviously take the trifecta because they're just so much better than everything else. Yeah. I thought Valiant King was given a poor ride by Jamie Carr. I'm praying and hoping she's not on come Melbourne Cup day, but I guess we'll wait and see. I think Sulkham will be fine. He just needs to jump on even terms. Break up the japples. I thought it was quite shit. Mm. It, got, it got the fast tempo that it was wanting, and I expected to kind of loom up and just kind of play catch me at the can at the top of the straight, and it just it, it did nothing. How about United Nations at 101 to 1, only getting done by eight lengths?
0: Yeah.
1: It was mm. a really good ride from um, Celine, I think it was Celine Gowdry. Yeah. So yeah. good.
0: Yeah, good. Would they get been in the money though?
1: That was Heffel, sorry, Carly and Heffel.
0: Oh, yeah. They they would have been in the money. there, the owners, wouldn't
1: they? Yeah, they would have got a decent amount. I think, like considering, um, like they finished tenth. So I'll tell
0: Gold up. trip as well, don't they?
1: Um, a portion of the ownership group do. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a, there's like a height like for finishing tenth, they got 120 grand. Yeah. Wow. Good. Day. So not bad. Yeah, so they got that, and then um, there's a likelihood he might make the cup field because at the moment, if you're looking at the order of, order of entry, apparently I read this um, article that there's 12 horses um, that are likely to pull out of the field. So he's on the cusp of actually making the field. Wow. Which would be awesome. So it'd be pretty good for Stephen Paul to have two horses in the Melbourne Cup with Gold Trip as well.
0: That'd be amazing. You've really, You've really made it in your horse racing ownership if you've pulled that off.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Uh, Not to say they haven't already winning the Melbourne Cup and various other races. They've already made it. Exactly. Um, So have you got a few horses to follow?
1: I think it's hard with like the horses to follow at the um, now because a lot of the grand finals are happening. But I'm going to touch on those big races coming up. So I think when we talk about the Oaks, um, I thought Tropical Squall, like I said in the podcast, cannot stay. It was proven on the weekend with Autumn Angel getting up and over the top of it. Um, We liked Konosawa. um, Looms didn't do anything, so it didn't really worry me. But I think the horse that I made the Friday tip in Ethel Maud, Yes. I think it's an absolute living and breathing moral. Oh, you're
0: you're calling it a living and breathing.
1: I'm going to declare it as the Oaks winner. Yeah.
0: What date is the Oaks?
1: It's on the Thursday after the Melbourne Cup. That's
0: right. Yeah. Yes, the midweekers. Um, okay, interesting. So, you re- will we get any price about that?
1: I think about nine bucks at the moment. So, I've got a much larger ticket on it. Um, so, I've got a bit of um, obviously a bit of wallet invested there in that thought process. But the way that the horse um, won that two thousand meter run there at. Packing them. Yes, it was a maiden, but just the way it went through its gears, it just, it looked like a horse just wanting 2,400 metres. Yeah. And okay. I think, I think Pat Carey, I think he's quite a humble trainer, but when they interviewed him after it, you could tell like the excitement in his voice about when they asked him also, how's the horse heading towards the Oaks? And you could just tell within his eyes, he's like saying, this is my best chance to get a group one.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, so, Oakes, yeah. I'm pretty keen on Derby. Um, I thought Riff Rocket. I think with Riff Rocket, you, I, he was a dollar forty favourite on the weekend, and I, I know a lot of people will be like, "Well, what a poor performance from a dollar forty shot." Yeah. But one thing you've got to know is one, the horse is going to be anchored by that SP profile, so the likelihood of him starting in the in the Derby as favourite is high. He'll probably start yeah. with a three in front of his name, knowing yeah. knowing Waller and probably J Max going to ride him. So you're going to be paying the J Max tax. Yeah. Now the thing with him is if you look at it, um, you you look at the way that race shaped on the weekend with that um, feel what it was. Let's just say that Derby lead up, he. Needs a slowly run race, simple as that, because he's got that really fast, wicked turn of foot, and that just makes him out sprint him. So if he gets a slowly run derby, then he'll win that race. But I don't think he's a chance, to be honest, because I don't think they're going to let him – I don't think they're going to hand it to him on a silver platter. And I think there's a few derby prospects going around this weekend in the spring champion and 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 the days that we can probably touch on when we touch on those two meets.
0: Yeah, I mean, the two starts ago, he won like um, an absolute world beater.
1: Yeah. But he's kind and that, of... was off a, that was off a slowly run race. Yeah. So that's where he got to show that turn of foot just because he had that superior turn of foot. Whether or not 2,500 metres is going to find him out as well is another thing as well that we probably need to, to consider when we're looking at him.
0: Yeah, fair enough.
1: Now, in terms of like Melbourne Cup, Thoughts? I think Voborn is rightly favourite. Gold Tripp and Without a Fight and Solcombe are all up there. I think Breakup is absolutely no chance. Uh, Luna Flare goes round on Friday night. Um, I haven't heard much about um, Absurd or Lasto, I don't even know how it's it Lastocha? Lastocha? Lastochka. Haven't heard of much about it yet. I think Valiant King will certainly be suited up in Trip. It just needs a decent jockey ride. Um... Francisco gardi has gone. Um, so I think, like, right now, looking at, the, um, like, the all-in market, I think it's going to be only a handful of horses that are actually winning chances. But we'll wait for that barrier draw and see what happens.
0: Yeah, so Verborn is a O'Brien, right?
1: Um, Verborn is Willie Mullins. Ah,
0: uh, okay. Yeah. The right. who, who, who's the, who's the, O'Brien got?
1: So he's got um, the Valiant King. Yep. And I think he's got another one out here as well. Who's I have to look that up a little bit more. Who is the
0: English commentator uh, saying, oh, if O'Brien comes out here and does it, you know, he's going to make our stayers look even.
1: Matt Chapman. That's that's talking about Victoria Road and the Cox Plate.
0: Yeah, right. Is he talking about the Cox Plate? Okay. Yeah,
1: Matt Chapman. But this is also the Pelican that said Winx is not the world's best race yeah. horse. Yeah, he's, a, he's, like one he, of these, he's one of these he's, guys. He's like a Piers he's, Morgan. Yeah, he's, a, he's the Piers Morgan of racing. He just says things that gets tongues wagging into people's sport. He's an absolute Pelican. Yeah,
0: okay.
1: Yeah. Now, I think before we move on, because I know you're, you're, um, you're struggling for time, there's one horse that I want everyone to put in their black book. Um, and we're going to put in our black book for the Magic Millions next year. So it's in race one at Randwick, a horse called Shangri-La Express. Okay. So it's a two-year-old. Now, you go out and watch that race. Regan Bayless rode it on the day. It took – it headed to – well, it just went beeline for the front. It settled amazingly, and then when Regan kicked it up at the 300 metres, it absolutely just took off, and it gave nothing else a chance. So – It's something that I really, really like to see in an early season two-year-old. It was very professional, typical gaybot horse, very good at what it does. But it actually stopped the best final last 200 metres of the day at Randwick. Oh, wow. As a two-year-old on debut.
0: So is there a futures market up for that?
1: No, but as soon as you see it, I would be launching into the two-year-old classic because I think it'll win it. I'm gonna make the bold decision now without even seeing any other two year olds. I think wow. this horse is proper.
0: Okay, that's exciting. Hopefully a futures price.
1: Yeah. So just keep an eye. I don't think we'll get anything until probably around the Christmas time. You know, when the when the summer carnival up here in Brisbane starts to and sit and probably the Gold Coast starts to take off. Yeah. But um just keep an eye, because they'll probably put it out now knowing the gay bot and then they'll freshen it up and then roll it through in some sort of Queensland riches, I think.
0: Okay, all right, that's exciting. Um, now, should we touch on a couple at Randwick before we go to Melbourne on the weekend?
1: Yeah, let's touch on a few at Randwick. So, obviously, it's playing support cards to the Cox flight, and I think Peter Vallandis would be an idiot to try and challenge it with anything. So, Randwick, we've still got a Group One on the on the cards, which is great. We've still got the the 2000 metres uh, Spring Champion and the Invitations there to Phillies and there. So we'll just touch on those two races, but there are a couple of decent races there also in the support card. Now, right now, I think they had some some light showers today there in Sydney, um, and Friday maybe a shower or two, and then Saturday obviously nothing. So I think we're going to be dealing with that typical good deck there um in sydney now as we've all as i've said last few weeks sydney is playing very very fast at the moment so they're running quite fast times so what you've got to think about is if leaders are running fast times then it's really hard to make up ground from um from the back so just be cautious with um with backing back markers like like a i don't know like a tom kitten i guess just because it, they, it, they're just leaving themselves too much to do because of the way the track's playing.
0: Yeah. Okay. So this is race seven, Randwick Saturday, and Tom Kitten is favourite, and he's got barrier one.
1: And it, yeah. So when you look at it like that, he's he's obviously like when I speak about um, I guess uh, it's it's actually yeah, race seven. It is sorry. When you talk about SP profile, so what I mean by that is it's a starting price profile. So what odds does the, the horse run? Or, or start a race at every time it starts. Now, when a horse is met with market support, obviously the odds plummet or drop. So that means that big syndicates and your big money players are getting involved. So that means they know something because they've got inside word with stables and everything like that. That means they know something. So that's suggesting that either the horse is going well or, or it's in good knit. So he's always going to have that. Now, the two concerns that I have for him is one barrier one, I'm he's just been a little tardy away this prep and he's been going back in his races. I'm worried that he's going to get buried on the fence there. The second thing I have is he goes from Nash to, to hippo. Now I've got nothing against Adam Hieronymus and I think he's a great, um, great jockey, but Nash is something else. Yeah. So you've got to look at those sort of things and he's losing a
0: length or two for sure.
1: Yeah. I, I think he might be losing a length or two. So, like, when I'm looking at this race, like, the speed map, you've actually got quite a decent tempo being set here because you've got, um, obviously, Raff attack led them up last start in that gloaming. You've got Gambare there. You've got Kintai and Glad You Think So, who are probably in that inside draw who will probably roll forward and then we watched last start when Port Lockroy, now he's dual nom for the Bays and here, so I'm waiting to see where he goes. But he also rolled forward and sat outside lead there at that midweek Kensington race. You know the one where we absolutely launched into him? Yeah, yep. Yeah. So it's an interesting speed map, and I think it sets up well for Tom Chitton. It's just the worry about where he's going to be and run, and is he going to be riding for luck up the rails? Is he going to be trying to navigate a path through them, or is he going to drop out back and try and loop them? And the worry is if he tries to loop them, I don't think he's. I think he's going to give himself too much work to do with the way that the the Randwick track has been playing.
0: Look, we've been pretty uh, spot on with our back markers, out of barrier ones so far this spring carnival. Mm-hmm. In in laying them, that is. So I'm going to continue to lay.
1: Yeah. And well, we on if he gets lay. if he if he drops under two bucks, I'll be laying him.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, so you look at it like this like Raff Attack I thought was really good on speed and that gloaming and I can see why he's probably second favorite. Now, he'll probably the the I don't I'm not sure what they're going to do with Gambare because obviously both being gay bot horses Raff Attack and Gambare, are they going to work each other to the ground up front. Who knows? Yeah. I thought Cape Ferret was it was running through the line really nicely with Tom Kitten a bit it had an unimpeded run in that gloaming and then ravello just keeps getting too far back in his runs and i think honestly you're looking at him he's probably looking for 2500 meters and i think he's heading towards a derby so you can probably put a pen through quite a few of those horses so in my opinion i'd probably be penning raff attack gambare unless of course it's it's an on pace bias um cape ferret and ravello so that leaves quite a few horses there that are still considered. So the horses, the two that I actually are looking at is Toodle Avita and Port Lockroy.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Annabelle Neesham in hot form at the moment.
1: She's actually she's actually training quite a few at the moment. So, like I said, we we're on Port Lockroy in that. Um, so it raced it raced against a lot of this field there in that Dulcify of the mile and went to the went to the line with um, with rough attack. Tom Kitten was only a length ahead of it or thereabouts, as was well Pushy, and then Gambari won that race. It then went to the different form line, stepped up to the 1800, and absolutely blew them away. So I think he's going to be probably better suited up to being around the 2000 metres. And I think for a barrier eight, he can probably park in just behind that speed. And I think he's going to have map advantage over Tom Kitten. And it's just whether or not Tom Kitten's going to have enough in the tank to run him down. And then yeah. we've got Tudor Levita, who comes out of the Group 1 flight behind Tropical Squall. Now, I'll be the first to admit, I don't think Tropical Squall is that great horse past the mile. I don't think it stays, even though it is by prize to Icon. But I love the way that it was um, Tudor Levita was hitting the line. So he gets, obviously, Jason Collette, who's a great rider of, of, um, of his riding really great at the moment. Barrier 5, I think the horse can sit up um a little bit closer and three of the last seven um spring champions have actually been phillies yeah, so yeah. it's not one of those races that's been continually dominated by the the colts
0: yeah i i was um i was really impressed with his last run i think he was just too far back and yeah yeah probably it- not enough distance
1: so I think if you were looking at it from, like I won't be betting in this race until I know what Port Lockroy is doing and whether it's going to the vase or not. But the likelihood is I'd probably have two bets, one on Port Lockroy and one on Tudor La Vida and, and potentially laying Tom Kitten.
0: Yep, I love that. Love it. Now, let's go to race eight, the Invitation.
1: So the Invitation. So this is that kind of new race and um, that, Peter of landy's is put out so the winner gets actually a million bucks so it's a two million dollar um set weights and uh penalties for fillies and mares for three-year-olds and upwards now it's a really hard race to assess one because it's these fillies and mares uh fillies and mares so they all bring different form lines they've they've all got different abilities and on their day probably a lot of them can can win so I found it quite hard to assess with people, uh, with horses like Espiona, Magic Time, Roots, Opal Ridge, and Alcohol Free, all coming out of different form lines. So I think I'll just touch on them in different order. And I think there's only two horses that I'd be willing to bet on um, given their maps and giving where they're, they're probably going to sit and run. So I thought Espiana obviously brings the elite form lines with alcohol free from the Everest. Now, she did cross the line with Hawaii 5-0 and did beat home Buenas Noches, who goes round in that Manicato on Saturday um, as second favourite behind Imperatriz. Now, I think you've got to look that it, it probably brings the best form lines, but One, it's strong barrier tents. The likelihood is probably going to drop back. And two, it goes from uh, Hugh Bowman, or Nashville Willer first up. Now, Nashville the second up. Hugh Bowman third up to Kieran McAvoy. Yeah. So I would just be penning it right now.
0: It's getting penned.
1: Yeah. The next horse is Magic Time. Now, I think this is probably the – This should be favourite for the race, and I think it will start favourite come uh, race time. Now, I thought the horse was enormous first up in uh, that division where Nash took her to the front, um, dictated everything, and then gave nothing else a chance. Now, Paracel obviously was probably better suited there at the 1,200 metres, where Magic Time, I think, is better suited up towards the the 1,400 metres, and it just gave Paracel windburn. Um, it's drawn really nicely to sit behind a hot speed. So I I think it's got a map advantage. And I think, um, like, obviously, it's got a great second up record, three starts, two wins and a third, and it loves the distance. It's never missed the trifecta. Now, I do concede it loses Nash, but it still gains Tyler Schiller, who I think is one of the most underrated jockeys in Sydney at the present moment. He is flying. We've then got Paracel, who won't run 1201 meters let alone 1400 meters so you can pen it now this is the interesting runner in roots so remember roots had that huge boom on it when it first came on the scene yes. they were like it's the it's the next it's the next weeks yeah so i thought the horse was enormous uh first up there at um in the allen brown behind cepheus now tommy berry retains the ride which is fantastic but you go back and look at the form. Like Kotiel was absolutely rocketing home there to just miss out on Cephis. Came out in the weekend and was given an absolute shit ass ride by Tommy Sherry, where it came out back. But it finished. It it didn't do great. But then you look down at who it beat home. It beat Palmito and um, Detonated Jack home, who both quinella the Five Diamonds Prelude last weekend. Yeah, right. So, so it brings form lines, and I love the last. Um, last 200 metres of the horse, it really rocketed through the line. So I think it is a ripping chance. It hasn't won at the distance before, nor has it won at Randwick from five attempts, but I think it's a different horse at the moment. So there, and then you've you've got Opal Ridge, who I was heavily against in the Kosciuszko. I didn't like seeing the concussion plates on, which tells me there's foot issues. Obviously the horse was... Um, beaten up by front page, but front page beat everything up. I thought it was really good into second. The problem is it loses J Mac, does get Dylan Gibbons, who is a good rider in his own right, but it is that. But it does draw really well. And then he yeah, comes to yeah. the last. The other two that you could probably consider in this race is Ruthless Dame. I thought she was just sound in that Silver Eagle. Yeah, and then you got action. Alcohol, oh. and then you got Alcohol Free.
0: Right. I thought you were going to go both my Eustace horses there for a second.
1: Oh, you think Royal Merchant?
0: I think that both of them at their best uh, would be better, uh, shorter in the market than they are here.
1: I think, yeah, when they look at Royal Merchant, I think they're looking at the six length gap between magic time and it. Yeah. So you're looking at the price is three versus what? 20, 20, 20 bucks or something like that. So yeah. I think that makes sense to me. Yep. Um, And then you've got alcohol-free there. And I honestly don't think Gaybot know what to do with this horse. It was bought out here with this huge boom on it. It has this – I don't know. I really don't know. Like, I I don't know. I still don't know why Yulong put it in as their slot for the Everest outside of probably just to pocket the 600K that they get for running last. But I don't know. I just – yeah. I'm just – I'm partial to it. Now, there's one horse I want to make note of here, and it's a a horse that I would be putting in your quaddies. It's Dalcini. Okay. So what I don't get is how Dalcini is $51 and Royal Merchant is $21 when Dalcini ran right past it. So Royal Merchant finished six lengths off Magic Time. Dalcini finished two and a half lengths.
0: Oh, Dalcini, 51 Wow. That is – they have stuffed up the odds there then, surely.
1: So – Honestly, like, definitely put it in your quaddies. I don't think it has the class to beat a horse like Magic Time or Roots, but it's certainly a, a, a horse that if it ran over the and won, I wouldn't be surprised. So I'd be including it in your quaddie numbers.
0: Okay, very good.
1: But, but, yeah, right now I'd probably put a big bet on Magic Time and then a saver on Roots.
0: All right. Okay, I like that. Now, let's go to Melbourne, and do you want to touch on – what was it? Races five and six and then the Cox play it?
1: Um we can yeah, well we'll touch on I reckon it's up to you. How are you how are you looking for time?
0: Uh yeah, we've probably got like twenty minutes, twenty-five minutes.
1: Well let's yeah, let's just quickly do five, six. Um actually let's just do seven. Let's do seven, eight, nine. Let's do that. Makes it easy for you.
0: All right. Okay. So seven is the Drum and Golf vase.
1: The Drum and Golf vase. So, really, really good race. So, before we move into this, the Mooney Valley track is in the rail position of true. Now, we are having the meeting on the Friday night there for the um, Mooney Valley Cup. So just take note of that the the rail's in true on Friday night. So keep an eye on where horses are running on from different positions. Now the great thing is there's going to be a 2040 metre race, so you get a good indication where horses are winning from on Friday night. Um, the rail stays in the true on the Saturday, and we've got a little bit of rain around, so it's probably going to it's going to be a good deck, but I don't think it'll be a sloppy deck, which is great. Um, so I'm expecting good racing both Friday and Saturday night. All right, so the, um, the Drummond Golf Base, this is race seven on the cards there. So it is a 2,040-metre race, and it's one of those final lead-ups towards the Derby. So there'd probably be a few horses here that you you would recognize.
0: Yeah, your boy, the dad.
1: Yeah, is, uh... my, boy, my boy, the dad is in this race, and also, as you can see, Port Lockroy is in this race with um, one of my boys on it.
0: Oh, uh, indeed, the D. Now, the dad's short.
1: It is, and I can see why. Yeah. So, it's it, and I'll I'll give a justification for it as well. So, if you're looking at this speed map perspective, Air Assault in its run there over in South Australia, demolished a field over the 1800 metres. So I expect it to probably roll forward with Snowman there, who who also was shown a bit a bit of early speed, and it does have J Mac on board here.
0: Snowman was so but, poor last start.
1: I thought it was too. It um, After absolutely demolishing Riff Rocket, I thought it was a great bet there at Randwick. And yeah. I thought Hugh Bowman got it really in the like a nice position, just sitting home behind the speed. And yeah. it just gave nothing in a straight, didn't
0: it? I yeah, I don't think he worked. I don't think he did too much to get to that position either. I think it just had nothing. So watch this. He'll come to win this.
1: Probably. <laughs> now... I'm not like so. Snowman is also nom for up in Sydney in in another race that we haven't touched on. So yeah, okay. I think the likelihood is he'll probably stay in this race, particularly given J Max on a strong barrier seven. So I have aerosol rolling forward from the wide um, barrier. So Aerosol, funnily enough, is half brother to the dad. You'll laugh at that. Okay. Um, so I have it rolling forward with Snowman, and then I probably have um, with from barrier six. I have um, Vedad sitting just behind the speed, and I also have um, Port Lockroy probably sitting just behind the leader there on the rails. So all four in the market there are probably going to be up, up and in. All right. So Vedad, I'll talk to you on market So, Vedad, I've been saying here that he's been a Derby horse since his first um, his debut run there at Bendigo over the thirteen hundred metres. Bo took, it was just a huge win. He then went to the Valley on the Stutt Stakes and only came within 0. 0.3 of a length of drift. who then went on to win the Caulfield Guineas. Now, um, I thought the run, the Caulfield Guineas like is is was rated quite a poor, Caulfield Guineas compared to other years. But I'm willing to kind of like, I guess not, not completely pen the idea that it's going to not produce winners. So there's... I thought King, well, King Colorado finished fourth and and militarized finished fifth in that race. And those two horses are going around the Cox plate and the crossed the line with those two. So I think you could probably say that he brings the best form lines out of all the horses in this race. I think 2000 meters is going to be his absolute pet grip. And obviously Bo Mertens is on absolute fire at the moment. He booted one home for us at Geelong on Wednesday in, in really nice fashion. And I think the only concern I really have is um, whether or not that Corfield Guineas is actually a poor race. Okay. And then we got, obviously we spoke about snowman being quite, um, quite, I guess, disappointing there in that gloaming aerosol. We've touched on port lockrow We touched on when we were talking about the spring champion. Now there's one other horse that I want to touch on and it's Apulia.
0: Yes. I've, You've tipped him before, have you?
1: I have tipped him before. I tipped him when um, in – I actually really liked him in the Superimpose, which was uh, the race one where Riff Rocket won. You know, when Riff yeah, Rock put his thing right. Down. Yeah. Yeah, so I liked him in that race. So uh, I, if you go back and watch it, he's on the quick seven-day backup. He's already got the 2,000-meter run under his belt. Now, Michael D obviously has jumped off him, but Mark Zara has been on him for pretty much – the same amount of times as Michael D so it, it's give or take with those guys. And I think maybe Michael can, um, committed to, to Nishan potentially now he was on the quick backup. He was right out the back there in that Ned's classic. That was won by sunsets last weekend, but he really crossed the line really nicely and he, and he picked up some speed. And like I said, that race was a slowly run race last week with Riff rocket rocketing home. Um, but he w- he didn't get the race run to suit, and then obviously Apulie was uh, making ground off him late. So I think if you're looking at one at odds, that's your that's your roughie. and I'd be putting that I'd be putting him in your quarter numbers.
0: Okay, so would you, what would you have? Three, so bet, uh, bet, four.
1: bet betting wise, I would be put I'd be like I'm I'm really intrigued to see where Port Lockroy goes. Now I would suggest he's probably going to Sydney, given that the money is a lot greater up there in Sydney. Um so I'm gonna be talking without him being in, but I'd probably have quite a decent bet on Vadad because I think he is the best horse in the race. Okay. All in right. terms of quality in terms of quaddy numbers, if you're being conservative, I'd be doing two, three, and four, and then include um, Port Lockroy if it's running here.
0: All right. Easy. Now race eight, the Manicado. Now, no Benedetta, you said, but I guess it doesn't really matter because what's going to beat
1: is Nothing, just wins. Yeah. So we just stand out number six for this leg if you are playing courties. Uncommon James removes the blinkers. Um, I thought he was playing behind Asphora. me. like I said, is a squib. Uh, Buenas Noches was good in that Everest, but I don't think he has the ability of Imperatriz. Jigsaw is a group two, group three. Inferno finished nicely last start, but don't think he has the turn of foot to match Imperatures and Iron more is well out of its ground. So it just wins.
0: Yeah, it does. Um, just sit back and appreciate that because if it's anything like its last two, it is impressive to watch.
1: Yeah,
0: 100%. So Iron Me and Iron will probably be going at it at the front, would they?
1: It's a lot of get. You, you're probably going to have yeah, probably going to have a bit of a speed battle, so it's going to set it up nicely. So yeah. I think I think you'll probably have Iron Wall kicking up from Barrier One. I think Jigsaw will be cutting across there from Barrier Seven, following I and Me. Uncommon James will be parked in behind, and then the Inferno and Imperators will be out back. Um, the good thing is Imperatriz will be on the outside of the Inferno, so it won't have to kind of dodge it to get around them. So I just can't see it losing.
0: No, not at all. Not at all. It's uh, yeah. I'm I'm just happy to see it go around again. But geez, I'd love to see it in a more competitive race, to be honest.
1: Do you know Do you know what though? I wish I wish because remember last year when they played the Manicata when we were on um Bella and they yeah. had it as the last race on Cox Plate day because the storm member cancelled it on the Friday right. night. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wish they moved it as the last race. Like, there's nothing better than a group one sprint, like they did, or a group one race as the last day of the car. Like, when the Tourek was there yeah. on Bullfield Guinea's Day, that was just a ripping thing having a group one as the last race.
0: That's right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it should be like that. No more, none of it, more of these duds for the last race. Yeah. All right. So, here we go. The Cox plate. Now, we're going to do a runner by runner through this. Um, yeah. What do you think i am liking the look of this field
1: so it's a, it's a really good field i'm i'm really liking it now i had a look through twitter and read a couple of articles over the last couple of days pretty much since the barrier draw and it's so interesting seeing what people's opinions are regarding the speed map and where each horse is going to be and whether it's going to be a fast pace or a slow pace is it going to be a setting up for a big wide looping run like I don't know. I'm really, I'm really keen to to see how it all pans out. But I've, I've done my own speed map uh, for this one.
0: Oh, okay. So what are you one. thinking?
1: So I've got Zaki from Barrier 12 crossing and leading Alligator Blood. I think he'll take the sit like he's done the last two starts because he did obviously let that Deny Knowledge barrel along in front, and then he was just in the best position to win there in that might and power. And then he also took a sit, uh, what was the race that he had first up, where he won um, in the Underwood. He took a sit there as well and, and obviously uh, won quite con- quite convincingly, beating Tuvalu and Duais and, and Salk. And that was that race, obviously, without a fight came out of. I then had – now, this is the interesting run. Now, my Oberon kicked up and, and sat pretty handy last start. So I can see him doing that again. I think with Militarise, I have them going forward with him. So they had the option to pick Barrier 6 and – I think between 4 and 6, and they opted for Barrier 3, I think – I've read some stat this this week that with three-year-olds in Cox plates, if they sit in the first four, they've got a much better winning and placing striker than when they sit out back. So I think they're going to do like what they did with, um, what they've done with other horses in the uh, past, where they've just got to take them out front and lead and see if they, um, just play catch me if you can. So I think they might kick up, militarise, hopefully he gets out of the gates and isn't sloppy like he was in the Caulfield Guineas. I then have Romantic Warrior sitting probably three pairs back off the fence, Um, King Colorado just um, behind him, and then Pinstriped out the back, Fangirl right out the back, and then Gold Trip also in that kind of three-wide running line.
0: Okay, so I've um, noticed online uh, the punters are divided over Romantic Warrior, and whether they think Mm. it's going to flop again or win, I think it's... um... You know, pretty fifty-fifty.
1: What's your opinion?
0: I don't think it wins.
1: Yeah. See, I'm, I'm. The more I look into this race, like I spent probably a good two hours of this race last night just looking through it. The more I look at this race, the more I'm starting to get against, go against him.
0: I just think there's too many gun horses in this race to think that that thing
1: should be the favorite. Yeah, I I agree. I think he'll start favourite because I think that world pool will dictate a lot of things. So this is my first piece of advice for everyone. So if you like Romantic Warrior, take fixed, don't take tote because what's going to happen is you're going to have heaps of Hong Kong money rolling in pretty much from race morning all the way through to race start. So it's probably going to start much shorter on the tote as it is on the fixed price if you don't like my romantic warrior i'd be waiting and i'd be getting on the tote on other horses because he's going to take up a lot of market percentage so you're probably going to get a way better price on something else if you take the tote you've just got to wait i know a lot of people find that very difficult to wait
0: oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) so do you want to go through um run in numerical order
1: yeah, so I've done a little like pros and cons of each horse and I'll let like the punters decide, I guess, or the listeners decide which way they go and whether I'm speaking shit or whether they agree with me.
0: Okay,
1: yep. So let's start. You just want to, you want to read them out in market order and yep. then I'll just give my little spill. All right, so
0: number one, Romantic Warrior, currently $3.80. So
1: yeah. So he currently brings that Hong Kong form now. There's a big boom on him. He's knocked off some good Japanese horses, and I was quite confident him in going into that Turnbull that he'd be really quite wound up and ready to go, and he clearly wasn't. Now, obviously he's a jet when he's on, but that's back in Hong Kong on like like we spoke about. He hasn't been around big. Um, Like a big track where he's had to be um, carted in or driven in. He hasn't had to sit in the stalls. He just comes out of his stable and goes to the races. Like a lot of things are against him. Obviously, J-Mac sticks. I think J-Mac would have had the option to ride Fangirl on a couple of other horses in this race. And he's obviously stuck with the horse. Um, The the track work this week was actually really good to the eye when he went around. And he's got that strong SP profile. So I can't see him drifting a huge amount come race time. Now the cons for him are he was really flat last start and he was beaten comfortably by um, three very good horses. But then you look at those horses that beat him. Have a look at them. You've got Gold Trip, who is a world class horse. You've got West Wind Blows and you've got Stalcom, all horses that came out and absolutely blitzed it or pe- performed very very well in the Caulfield Cup and alive chances in their next races. So he breathed. He actually brings decent form lines. He just might not be as good as those guys.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't think he is, if you ask me.
1: So for me, he's a place chance, definitely, considering where he's drawn, the jockey he's got on, and the way the race, I think, is going to pan out. I think he's definitely a place chance, but I'm not putting him as a win bet.
0: All right, now number two, Zaki at uh, $18 at the moment.
1: So Zaki, obviously, he doesn't have a regular rider in Jamie Carr or J-Mac on him. I think J-Mac gets the best out of him. Um, he's drawn barrier 12, which I don't think is a huge hindrance for him. I think he's going to roll forward anyway from that barrier wherever he is. Now, he's an on-speed horse, which is which is fantastic. He's got the form jockey in, in Damien Lane on board. And I think if we look at the past races of Alligator Blood, I think he might get a relatively easy lead up the front unless King Colorado or Militarise kick up and use that 49.5 kilos. Now, I do concede he probably is past his best, and you look at his form lines, they're not that great leading into this race, and I don't give him a chance.
0: No, neither. I think if he wins this somehow, you should probably quit punting. (laughs) Now, number three, Mr. Brightside, $7 you can get for him at the moment, which I think is pretty crazy if you eliminate that last start. I don't think if he had run that second last start, I don't think he'd be starting $7 here.
1: Exactly right. So I think he's been enormous this prep. And like you said, we've probably got to forgive that last run um, there in the King Charles. And what we've got to look at also is – he wasn't beaten by any other horse other than fangirl and the figure that fangirl put up was world-class so it's not like he wasn't performing it's just that she was better than him and it might have just been a flat run for him
0: yeah and she like look at who she's only ever really lost to
1: yeah i know like she's she's only ever lost to elite world-class horses like animo for example yeah So you look at it like that. Williams obviously sticks. He's one of the best track walkers and, I guess, analysts of races. So he'll have the horse in the right position where it needs to be. And the horse has a wonderful SP profile. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him tighten up a little bit. My concern for him is, is 1,600 metres his best trip? And he's probably not as effective over 2,000 metres. Yeah, okay. All right. Fangirl gave him Windburn last start. She's in this race um and i this could be controversial but i think he's yet to prove himself at weight for age level over the 2000 meters
0: okay all right um, i in my
1: uh, opinion place chance
0: okay oh yeah i i think he's right in it i think he's right in it Mhm. so number four now alligator blood uh five dollars fifty
1: Yep. so he ticked that 2,000-metre box in that might and power. I was heavily against him in that race and made him a lay, purely for b- b- the thought that my thought process was that I didn't think he could run a strong 2,000-metres. I think this is the best prep he's had since joining Gaybot. He's drawn exceptionally well in ba- with the barrier, um, and he gets his regular rider and Timmy Clark back on board. He doesn't have to carry Damien and Oliver. Yeah, I like that. Now, my only concern—this is—I only have one concern for Alligator Blood, and that is: is he going to be? That was a brutally, brutally run Martin Power. Is he going to be flat next start like Amelia's Jewel was after her brutal run mile there at Mooney Valley? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I always worry about him. Um, yeah. So I'm just, I'm just not sure.
1: So. I think he is—he's one of the main dangers for me, but he's not my on-top pick.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he won it. He's just that sort of horse. Yeah. Now, number five, Gold Trip, uh, eight dollars. Another, I think, another crazy price. Unless, of course, he's going to the Melbourne Cup as well, right? He is. So yeah.
1: So with him, obviously, he's going better this year than he's ever gone here in Australia. That win in the Turnbull was something else. Like, I don't think, like, obviously we watched Winx win the Turnbull and she did it very fashionably every time. But that win that he did was just enormous. He gave windburn to horses that are just proper, proper race horses, and he just left them for dead. Yeah, but That is one of, the, and that was over 2,000 metres. And what I loved about that run was how quickly he went from the back how quickly he rounded them up and just took the lead. Yeah. Like, Crazy. It wasn't like it was a big winding run, like, a, like a, I am th- I'm Thunderstruck where it took forever to get going and hit top speed. And then he got there. It's like he hit top speed in a matter of like four or five strides. Yeah. It was, uh... so, so that suggests to me that he's going to be able to power around that Mooney Valley bend on that camber and then, off it, like, pretty much like Elise Grasseur did um, that year she won the the val- um, the Cox Plate.
0: That run at the Turnbull reminded me a bit of Imperatriz going around that
1: track too. It, it, it was enormous, wasn't it? It was just absolutely enormous. So I can't get that run out of my head. Now, I know that everyone's going to say this isn't his grand final. He's heading towards a Melbourne Cup. Cool. Well, why can't they tick this off as well? Like I said it too I think to a couple of lads that I think right now this prep, he is Australia's best racehorse past two thousand meters. Now I think there might be some, some conjecture there now with with without a fight, but I think he's one of our best. Now without a fight's obviously not here. So I think he's huge. Now he gets the blinkers back on. Now he put the blinkers back on this time last year. So that'll sharpen him up. So he'll be ready to go. Obviously, he gets Mark Zara again back on board now i'm not too concerned by barrier eight i think he can probably like i said sit probably three wide with a bit of cover and then absolutely launch late around the bend now the the, the concern i have for him is is he going to be flat like Alligator blood coming off a brutally run race which was the caulfield cup
0: yeah i don't, I don't know i kind of i kind of i kind of think he's going to give it a crack to be
1: honest you like if we look at it last year, he arguably should have finished a lot closer there to Animo and 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 the rest of the, the the trifecta. He was navigating things. he was given an absolute shit house ride by Spencer. I think he is he's my number one pick for this race.
0: Yeah, fair enough.
1: I think he is just primed and ready. I think he's going to stamp himself as as arguably our, our best racehorse past 2000 meters. I think he's going to shoot up to equal favoritism with the born on the first Tuesday in November. And I think he's going to give the Melbourne cup a real stake this year.
0: Yep. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I think he's a great price at $8. Now, number six, my Oberon $41 race. well, but I don't
1: know about it in this. I'm flying this prep. I've been saying it since Barnes put me into him on that first, first run he's had back. Um, Chad's underrated as a jockey. Great run behind Brightside and Fangirl, obviously. Concern I have for him is I think a mile's his best trip. I'm unsure of where he's going to go in this map. And I think he's a bit out of class, like you said.
0: Yeah, definitely. Now, number seven, Pinstriped. No chance. no chance. No
1: chance. I think it's just too big a step up in class and up in grade. Um, Obviously, it won its way in really well with the Fian and those form lines have stacked up with Attrition coming out and winning the Turak. Tuvalu obviously goes around the Crystal Mile earlier in the day, but I just don't think it has the chance.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Neither do I. Now, this one though, number eight fangirl, 850. Um, Big fan.
1: Yeah, and I can see why. Like, Like I said, she had a huge peak in that King Charles, demolishing Mr. Brightside and, and Maya Braun and Kobalika there. Um, the only concern is, is she going to be able to stay 2,000 metres or is she strictly a mile? Like, is, is, is she going to lose that blistering turn of foot by stepping up in trip? Doesn't have J-Mac, who's undefeated on her. Does get Zach, who's probably never ridden her before. I would have preferred Nash. No offence, Zach. Mm. And is she going to be too far back in run with the way her racing style is?
0: Yeah, true. I just, um, I don't know. There was something that 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 turn of foot was electric last start.
1: But thinking about that turn of foot that you saw, and thinking about the turn of foot you say you saw from, say, gold trip over two thousand meters. Yeah. Which Which turn of foot do you want to stay in a Cox plate?
0: Well, definitely the it- gold trip one.
1: I think so because he's proven that he's got that turn of foot over two thousand meters. She yeah hasn't to me and yet. And around
0: sort of around that bend too, which would be yeah. my my biggest concern. I just I like don't it. like to I just I would I just don't like to rule like horses like her out.
1: You know? I know I I think if if you're looking at a quaddy with her, I would definitely be including I'll give Quaddy numbers by the way at the end of this.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. So uh, number nine, Duace, $26. Um,
1: obviously, pros are she's finally getting up in trip. I thought she was really good behind Alligator Blood and that might and power. Um, problem is jockey change. Loses Shin, gains Oliver. Yeah. Um, she might be too far back. And I don't think she has the turn of foot of a fangirl or a gold trip who's probably going to be out the back with her.
0: No, I think she's really going to struggle from that barrier too. So do I. Can't have it. Can't have it. Uh number 10, Victoria Road, $12 at the moment. This is the Aiden O'Brien.
1: This is the Aiden O'Brien horse. Now it brings a bit of intrigue here. Now I went back and watched a few of its runs and they they were all right. Like I I look at it and I look at the form lines as bring out. It's not elite UK form over two thousand meters. So I don't know if the horse has that much ability. I think it's actually staying here in Australia after this. But i don't think it has that i don't think it's of the class of this this field obviously it gets blake shin which is a huge plus um apparently it's settled in rel which is good and it brings ace impact form now ace impact is probably one of the world's best racehorses he won the arc to triumph um the problem that i have around it is it's it's traveling obviously over here obviously it's settled in this past or it scans its its form lines aren't that good in terms of like a perfect example is Buckaroo. Buckaroo went rounds at long odds in that King Charles and was given windburn by the majority of the field. Um, and whether or not he's going to be better suited at the Valley Track, who knows? So I think with all those unknowns about him, I'm willing to lay him the place.
0: Okay. All right. Interesting um Mm. number 11 militarized no weight on its
1: back eight dollars fifty yeah so lightweight obviously is a huge pro for the horse it's obviously drawn inside and i think like i said earlier when we're talking speed maps i think with that drawing of that bra um that barrier and zach lloyd on i think they're going to roll forward with him and probably have him sitting handy if he can get out of the gates because i don't think he can win if he drops out the back um, the worry I have is I spoke about it obviously with the is the Caulfield guineas rated very poorly and he has the apprentice jockey in Zach Lloyd on, which I don't really like. Now you'll hear a lot of people talking about how this is very comparable to so you think who was also a kind of flashing light run there in the Caulfield guineas and ended up going on to win the, the Cox plate. So I don't think he has the class of your boy. So you think, um, I think he's a wonderful horse, and, like I said, I thought he was two year old of the year last year, and I thought he was come back super this year, and we obviously tipped him there in the golden rose, but I've just oh no, I have a few concerns with him, I certainly think he's in there, and I certainly think he's a place chance, but I don't think he's going to be a winning one. This is against the big boys now, and I don't think he has what it what it takes
0: okay, fair enough, I think with that forty nine kilos wouldn't be surprised to see him jumping out of the ground late but yeah I, I can't have him either and last one number 12 King Colorado 26 so another
1: another three year-old with 49 and a half kilos now gets a gets a um obviously a jockey upgrade with D jumping on lightweight 2000 meters I think the horse will be better suited to this rather than the 2000 um the 1600 meters um I think he's going to roll forward also from his barrier and I think he'll sit quite handy there. Um, the problem with him is he has no turn of foot. And I think he was just like, like militarise, He comes out of that Caulfield Guineas, which just didn't rate that poorly, um, that well. And I think he might be outclassed. I think if you had to pick between Militarize or King Colorado, I'd probably lean towards King Colorado just because I think he'll be better suited up to 2,000 metres. He gets a senior jockey on, and I think he'll probably beat him home. But let's mm. just wait and see.
0: All right, fantastic. Now, I have got to run, but do you want to give us a Friday tip?
1: Yeah, I can give you a quick Friday tip. What do you got? So, all right, so we go to Scone Race 6.
0: Scone Race 6, okay.
1: Rimboard.
0: What's that? Rimboard. Rimboard. Ah, Nisham. Right, Nation. Okay, three dollars ten. There you go, punters.
1: I think it's going to lead this race without any issue, and I think it'll be better for for the run. Okay,
0: awesome, mate. Uh, let's get this potty out so they can the punters can get on that tomorrow. Um, thanks for that. That was a nice little breakdown of the cocks, and uh, good luck on the
1: weekend. Do you want the Mooney Valley Quadi numbers quickly?
0: Yes, give them to us.
1: All right, so we'll go to race six, two, three, four, six. Yep. Henry Um Race eight, we're just going to do number six Imperatories. Yep. Um, at the Cox Plate, we're going to go Romantic Warrior, number one. Alligator Blood, number four. Gold Trip, number five. Fangirl, number eight militarized number 11 and i'm gonna chuck king colorado in just in case with michael d on board yeah. and then in the last race which we didn't touch on i think there's two chances in two and ten
0: okay lovely a couple of short well, ones all right man that's uh that's awesome so good luck on the weekend and we'll talk to you soon
1: sounds good mate. take it easy
0: see ya